Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Australian journalist Michael Ware arrived in Baghdad in 2003 as a novice reporter on a three-week assignment to cover the invasion of Iraq. He left seven years later, having gained unprecedented access to the Iraqi insurgency and American troops, as well as a myriad of demons, the after-effects of witnessing seemingly endless horrific violence. The film is called Only the Dead See the End of War. It is a harrowing and graphic account from both sides of the war in Iraq. Um, it's co-directed by Bill Gutentag and as well as Michael Ware. And he joins us today here on Film School. Michael, welcome to Film School. G'day, Mike. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess the... the uh, by the way, can, can I say right at the outset, the first shot of you in the film, you bear a striking resemblance to Bradley Cooper. From from the, oh my god! You know that's an enormous insult to Bradley Cooper, <laughs> and the minute his people hear this, they will sue. Well, I just wanted to get that out of the way. You, uh, you, this is a remarkable documentary uh, from for a lot of reasons, and not the least of which is this is a side of a war in which the United States spent at least a trillion dollars, and probably by the when all is said and done, will have spent three or four trillion dollars in in this effort. And yet we very rarely, if ever, see the perspective that you are able to bring to this uh, film, uh, Only the Dead See the End of War. And I think it's a testament to you as a journalist, but it's also an, uh, a, a damning indictment of the U.S. media. Tell me a little bit about what, where your motivation came from. Get, tell us a story, basically, how you decided you were going to go to Iraq in, in 2003. Well, look, look. I, you know, I was a writer for Time magazine. Um, I'd been a journalist for 10 years, first for Rupert Murdoch in Australia, and then I was poached by Time magazine down in Southeast Asia. Like so many other people, my life changed forever after 9-11. So I did a year and a half in Afghanistan covering the fall of the Taliban um, prior to the invasion of Iraq. In terms of the filmmaking, though, if there is such a thing as an unwitting war documentary or war film, then only the dead see the end of war is it. Mm-hmm. Because I was sent to the Iraq invasion and the Iraq war as a writer, not as a filmmaker, not even as a TV journalist. So uh, it's literally by accident that I picked up a video camera. Mm -hmm. A Texan photographer made a mine that I was with before the invasion, bought a small handy cam on the black market in Kurdistan in the months before the invasion of Iraq. And while he's busy snapping photographs, he throws his video camera to me. And in our film, you literally see the first ever frames I've ever shot on a video camera Mm -hmm. as we're under attack. But as a writer, I very quickly realized the value of the camera as a reporter's notebook. Mm -hmm. 
Because when the lead's in the air and the bombs are going off, you can only scribble so fast. And so as I would sit down to pen my written stories, you know, I came to understand the great contribution those little mini DV tapes could make. I could go back and rewind and extract the dialogue and the memory. Now, long story short, you know, I buy my own video camera and for the next seven years, I carry it with me by my side everywhere I went. And in so many ways, not only did it become my notebook, but that camera and that archive became my visual memory of the war. I mean, I've sat and watched some of these tapes and there's events where you can hear my voice or you catch a glimpse of me in some shop front window. And to this day, I don't remember being there. But the camera does. And it's from all of that comes only the dead see the end of war. Well, let's talk about your arrival in, in Baghdad. And you said you were writing for Time. And who else was it you were involved with the Time? No, I was, writing, I was a staff writer for Time magazine. Right. In 2006, I sold my soul to the devil and switched to television and worked for CNN. But yeah, I was a writer for Time magazine. So you're you're there in Baghdad, 2003, and the invasion has just occurred. Is that were you there? Well, I was there before the invasion. Right. I followed the invasion, and then of course I was in Baghdad for the beginning of the occupation, and I was there for its duration, and I became Time Magazine's Baghdad bureau chief. So I ran all of Time Magazine's operations in the country. And then I went to television, and I became CNN's man in Baghdad. So you arrive in Baghdad, and you witness the rather quick um, victory. I put that in in, uh, in quotation marks. Well, the United, well let's US say America. this: there's, there, there's two Iraq war. Well, there's several Iraq wars, but right. let's let's say this: you're touching upon a very astute point. First, there's the invasion which was 21 stunningly successful days of historical maneuver warfare. I would argue that it was the next day that the real Iraq war began. There's the invasion that took down Saddam, which was brilliantly done. It was the next day that the war in Iraq began. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to get too far into the politics because I know that's not really what you're what we're here to discuss of the politics of the war in Iraq. And but, that's certainly not a part of our film. Right, it isn't. But the it's sort of the elephant in the room, the decision to uh, to debathicize the country and to disband the military had a profound effect on Iraq, and it certainly seems to have been the catalyst by which the insurgency was able to to gain a toehold. Would that be a fair statement, or is that something you just don't want to get into? Oh, no, look, obviously, I think it's now become a conceited you know, con- uh, analysis of history that they were apocalyptic mistakes. Yeah. You know, disbanding the Iraqi army and the debathification program. Okay. What those two acts set in train, you know, we still live with today. Right. Because... 
even beyond that, because those two acts unleashed the Iraqi insurgency. Right. They killed thousands of American men and women. Not to mention, you know, you know, that, you know Iraqi civilians. The tens of thousands. Of but what it really did yeah. was that inadvertently, unwittingly, with our Western invasion of Iraq, we unleashed the Islamic State upon the world. Yeah. No one could have seen it coming. No one meant for it to happen. But if we hadn't invaded Iraq, there would be no such thing as the Islamic State. And in our film, you see the Islamic State being born. I was in touch with the man who created it. And if you want to understand now, then you've always got to go back to the Genesis story. Yeah. I guess my, my question is, your, the access you were able to gain to the insurgency... And and the ramifications of that in your life and in telling of the story, talk to us as briefly, I guess, as possible about how that all played out for you. Look, when the occupation began, it quickly dawned on me that the American war machine, the military, the commanders, even the individuals on the ground had no idea who was shooting at it or why they were shooting at them. We were bringing democracy, for goodness sake. Why are these people taking pot shots? Well, the military didn't even understand the dynamics behind what was happening. And as a journalist, one of the fundamental tenets or canons of journalism is that there's at least two sides to every story. So, foolishly or not, I took it upon myself to go out and find these men in mass who were firing these weapons and ask them, who are you and why are you doing this? That led to my next seven years. Right. Because for some perverse reason in history that I will never begin to understand, I became the only Western journalist who had access to all sides in all of the Iraq wars. Right. Because there wasn't just one Iraq war. There was the American war against the insurgency. There was the holy war we now call the Islamic State. There was the civil war between the Iraqis themselves, and there was the Iranian war quietly fought against everybody named above. And I don't know why, but I accessed every death squad, every militia, every insurgent group, and the Islamic State. And that gave me an insight that I felt compelled to carry to the world. Yes. Did that come without cost? Hell no, it almost killed me. It almost physically killed me. I mean, there's no reason I should be alive. But existentially, it almost destroyed me. Making this film was part of my way back. And it is a remarkable film. The film is called Only the Dead See the End of War. It is screening beginning on March 28th on HBO. A remarkable film. A really, truly remarkable film. And we're so happy that you were able to join us today, Michael Ware, the co-director, along with Bill Gutentag, of this. Just uh, you got to see this, people. You should see if this is uh, uh, see it. It's screening. It will change you. Yes, it will change you. Yes, you'll see things in the. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. Great pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.